Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. All right, we have one more hour to go, and then we are going to take off. I guess I have to put the suit on before I leave here for Eureka at the end of the show. Yes, please. So, it's a little casual here. I, I couldn't fathom. I think last year when Brian came in, I probably wore the suit, and he wasn't with us in the studio last year, but we had the event a year ago at the MAC, and I just can't fathom. There's a reason I'm in uh, radio, so I don't want to sit here in a suit for three hours. It's not that bad. Well, it's just not. Have you ever worn a suit? Yes. Not a men's suit. Well, They're that's not comfortable. true. I mean, dress... I, They're not that different. Dresses Mark. seem more comfortable <laughs> to me. I'm just saying. Not that I'm going to go there, Sue. Okay. Although in 2023, you can you really could. do whatever you want, I think. Uh, but it was fantastic that Brian had a chance to come by. Fred was so nervous this afternoon because he was trying to manage all this, and you just don't know what's going to happen. No. And it's Friday, and you got Paul Hall that calls in usually, and Cusimano, and what happens if we have holes in the show? But it all worked out perfectly, so yeah. that was great. Nice job, Fred. Oh, thanks. It was just really good timing. Uh, well, I was happy that, that he was able to, you know, come in and say hi to us. And yeah, they're heading down great. to Eureka right now. So we and got a Brian, big crowd. Brian big crowd was really tonight. impressed with the studios, too. So that's great. Had he not been here before? No, no. Hmm. That's interesting. So we met a lot of people, walked all around, saw all six stations. It was great. Awesome. Oh, well, nice. thank you for arranging all that, Fred. We appreciate it, and it all kind of worked out better than we thought. Brad Young is coming up here in just a little bit, our uh, 97.1 legal analyst with Harris Dow Fisher and Young. We're going to talk to him about a variety of issues. We talked about some of these things on the roundtable this afternoon. Congressman Santos out. He has been expelled from Congress. We'll get Brad's thoughts on that. There are a couple other uh, issues in the courts that I want to talk about, and we'll um, We'll talk about the debate last night as well. Also, I have an audio cut of the day a little bit later this afternoon. I'm going to focus on the debate. I had some of the audio from last night. Fred, you said you watched the whole thing, right? I did. I did. It was entertaining. I watched the whole thing, too, although I didn't do it until this morning. Sometimes when I get off the air, I just can't fathom doing more politics. And last night we did family stuff. But I turned it on this morning. And um, as I've said a couple of times, I do think that DeSantis probably did better than I expected. What was your what did you think overall? I I agree. I think uh, DeSantis did better than I thought. And I think Gavin Newsom did exactly what I thought. Which and was I, which, say, say things over and over that weren't true. That would be what, what I heard from And from I really liked Brian Kilmeade's idea of calling a timeout or throwing a flag to do some fact-checking uh, during a debate. It's a great idea. It really is a good idea because otherwise there's no way to rein them in. Now, you'd have to have something specific. You'd almost have to have like something carved out during different portions of the debate. But then the other question becomes, and watch, if this would ever get implemented, who's doing the fact check, right? Everyone, right. all the sides will say, well, we don't trust that. We don't trust this fact check. But well, it's a good idea because things get thrown down with no... Well, they could put it up on a computer screen. Just have somebody Google it and see it, and you could see the source and then decide for yourself. But you were talking about that L.A. Times article. They could have pulled that up in a second. Right, exactly. All right. Hey, this is interesting, and this is from Wisconsin. Uh, I saw this story a couple of days ago. You know, we hook up with our friend Dan O'Donnell at WISN, one of my old broadcasting buddies sometimes. But this is a, a group called Moms for Liberty Wisconsin. Moms for Liberty is all over the, the country. And there's a school district up there which allowed an 18-year-old biological male who, of course, identified 
as a female or as trans to shower naked next to four freshman girls. And there's some lawsuits about this right now that I think are going to result in some positive news for kids who don't think that they're, you know, classmates and that they should be exposed to biological males if they're female. Corey Brewer is an associate counsel for the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, joins us this afternoon. Hey, Corey, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. This is a very serious issue. We'll get to it in a moment, but I have to I have to check out some Wisconsin angles here because you're in you're in the Milwaukee area, right? That's right. We're based in Milwaukee. And this actually happened in the um, I don't know the Sun Prairie School District. Where is that? Sun Prairie's just outside of Madison, Wisconsin. Okay. All right. So the People's Republic of Madison. That might make more sense here when all is said and done anyway. Well, look, I love uh, I love my days in Wisconsin. I spent nearly 10 years there. I was at WTMJ, radio and television, for uh, for a stretch. So uh, I like to well, talk with my fellow Packers fans in Wisconsin, assuming, Corey, that you are one. I am one. And you know what? I'm feeling pretty optimistic right now. I know, so right? All of a sudden, hope. I, all of a sudden, a big game. I got to, got to tell you, though, I'm a Chiefs fan. Big game this weekend with the Chiefs, so we'll see what happens. It I have, is. I have yes. dual allegiances. Some people tell me that's not appropriate, and that makes it real tough this weekend <laughs> with that game. But let's talk about this. So I noticed there's a, a person named Scarlett Johnson who is, you know, with the Moms for Liberty Wisconsin, and she posted this about this case with an 18 year old biological male who identified as trans entering the Sun Prairie School District locker room with girls and showered naked next to four freshman girls. So this had happened a while back, and, and kind of give me the legal backgrounds of how you approach this. Yes, this happened back in March, actually. Our office was contacted by parents in April, and uh, after looking into it and looking into the district's response, or frankly, kind of a lack of a response, um, we wrote a public letter to the district demanding answers and really asking, you know, what is your policy? Why didn't you respond when you learned that this happened to the four, you know, these four freshman girls were showering after gym class. They had their swimsuits on, which is what they always did. And an 18-year-old male student walked into the shower in the girls' locker room and said, I'm trans, by the way, fully undressed and showered right next to the girls. And when the, the district learned that this happened, they uh, didn't notify the parents. They didn't reach out to the girls. And frankly, from then until now, there hasn't really been any change in the policy about locker room use or any clarification about when boys and girls can use each locker room in the district. And we think not only is there a violation of the federal Title IX law going on here, which makes it relevant to any state in the country, but also there's just a, a, an inadequate policy to protect students in the districts and their privacy. It's some of this is just stunning when I when I hear details, especially let me go back to what you just said about how this 18 year old biological male says I'm trans, by the way, and then just basically drops trial. Right. Right. That's what ha- that's what happened. And, and, you know, as a as a parent, I'm sure it's shocking enough to hear from your daughter that that happened. But then, you know, when the the parents that we represent, who they remain anonymous, when they reached out to the district for answers, they were not respected. Their questions were pushed off, delayed, ignored. The district didn't even know at first which policy applied. And as a parent trying to stand up for your daughter, I can only imagine how frustrating that must be. 
Well, and I have, you know, a lot people ask me every once in a while, why, why do you care? As I started, you know, tweeting quite, quite a bit a few years ago about these trans issues and some people would fire back. Why do you care so much? And I, I said, because my daughter doesn't have a penis and she is in athletics and I care about what happens to her future. Right. And as you probably know, Corey, we're a little bit of and I always call St. Louis ground zero for what happened with um with everything that happened in the aftermath of Mike Ferguson and race in this country, because it is. But also, we have Jamie Reed, the whistleblower here from WashU and Children's Hospital, in a case that's fascinating and, and has really opened up this issue to a lot more people, maybe, than it ordinarily would have been exposed to. That word exposed is unintentional there. I didn't mean to be joking about anything. But I, I bring it up because it's... Um, it's just amazing that the school districts don't approach this in different ways. And I'd have to think, you're a lawyer, is it because they're worried about discrimination laws and they, they're not worried about Title IX? I mean, some of this just doesn't add up sometimes. It really doesn't. Well, you know, I think to your first point, it's good that we're having this conversation because boys and girls are different. And at the absolute minimum, we need to acknowledge that and at least have the conversation but to the question about why are school districts doing this across the country, frankly, I think a lot of it comes from the top. It is the Biden administration seeking to change the regulations that enforce Title IX. Yep. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners know, but Title IX most often is discussed in the context of sports, but really it applies to any sex discrimination in educational activities. So, you know, here we have an incident in a shower after a gym class and our client's daughter has kind of said, you know, I think about it now every time I'm in the locker room and that matters. That shouldn't happen. Girls shouldn't have to deal with that. And when you have the Biden administration trying to add gender identity into the meaning of sex for purposes of the federal law, that's confusing for school districts. It's confusing for kids. And it really doesn't help girls at all, which was the original intent of this federal Title IX law. And, you know, the only other thing I'd add for that is that those those new regulations are only proposed right now. They're not final yet, and they don't have the force of law yet. Corey Brewer is with me. She is the associate counsel for the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. I'm talking about a case up in the Madison area in the Sun Prairie area. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did school district. So you gave us the background, but let's kind of bring this full circle to now. One of the reasons this is back in the news is because did you actually get um, positive news that this is going to be investigated under Title IX by the Department of Education Office of Civil Rights? We did. The Office of Civil Rights is opening up an investigation to look into how the school district responded when they learned about this alleged sexual harassment that happened you know, in the in the girls' locker room shower area with these four freshman girls. And we're very glad to see the the Department of Ed under the Biden administration looking into this. We hope they take it seriously. And, you know, one of the things that we asked for when we were involved way back in April was an open records request, just very basic mm -hmm. yeah, information right. about correspondence, about policies. And the district wanted to charge us 
$11,000 in prepayment just to see those public records. And one of the things we're hopeful for with this federal investigation, too, is that some of that will come to light and we'll know a little bit more about what was going on with the district when they learned that this happened. Now, Corey, I want to go back. Scarlett Johnson, who's with the um, Moms for Liberty in Wisconsin, when she tweeted this out, this is what caught my attention. She said, you know, the biological male exposes male genitalia to the shocked and horrified 14-year-old girls. And then when she describes what the district did not do, it's really stunning. I know you mentioned some of this, but let's go over it again. Did not contact the girl's parents, did not contact the Title IX coordinator, did not file the required Title IX complaint, did not support the girls and help them through traumatic experience, did not act as mandatory reporters and report the possible violation of a statute in Wisconsin. That That is staggering. Now, in the end, what what could be lawyers talk about remedy here. So if there's an investigation, what are you looking for here? Yeah, I think the, well, to a lot of those points, we just don't know because none of this has been transparent. This is a public school district. Parents want answers. They still have a lot of questions. They need a lot of clarity and there's absolutely a lot that did not happen. Um, But in terms of remedy, you know, the absolute extreme remedy would be for the district to lose federal funding for a violation. I'm not actually aware of that ever happening. Right. Um, but, you know, we what we have asked for is additional training so that the staff knows what their requirements are under Title IX and a change in the policies to protect all of the kids in the district, especially the girls in the rooms like their locker rooms and bathrooms. And, you know, we are hoping to see a change like that, um, you know, the biggest thing, at least for our clients, is they just want answers. Yeah. They want the district to acknowledge this happened and do something so that they're confident that their daughters, that their children are safe. Um, and then, you know, the only other thing is that we've asked the the school district to clarify when, where, how can boys and girls use the different locker rooms in the district. And we hope that they take some steps in the right direction because even if the policy is not what the federal government is looking into, it's what led to this happening yep. in the first place. So we want to see some changes made. I would just, I mean, if this was my daughter, this is going through my mind as you describe this, I, I, I can't even imagine what my response would be. I'd be so frustrated with this school district. So I'm glad that you're involved here, Corey. Keep us posted because I think it's an important case. And as I said, you know, there's a lot of uh, interest down here in St. Louis. And I've said this many times before to other guests on this topic, and you probably know this. You know, I spent a lot of time in Wisconsin outside of the People's Republic of Madison, which is kind of like Moscow. There are people in Wisconsin who probably vote for Joe Biden and Democrats, but they're they're on my side on this issue. They think this stuff is nuts as well. This we've received a lot of lot of support on this. Um, most people um, realize that we shouldn't have a, a biological male showering naked next to girls in schools. Um, and kind of common I'm glad, sense. Yeah, I'm glad to sense. see the support. Yeah, and and you know we just hope that schools in Wisconsin and around the country can also, um, you know, kind of get that message yeah, and, no kidding. and do what they need to do to protect all of those students. Yep. Corey Brewer with the uh, Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. She's the associate counsel. I appreciate the update on this case and keep us posted. Thank you, Corey. Thank you. Get more at 971talk.com. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices so join the revolution subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring listen on your odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast you'll be glad you did